0: Ho, oh, merry week sixteen on the Sunday card. It's the Christmas show here with you, Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silbrath is joining me, Dan Zampano. Our unfortunate uh, tidings, if you will, would be that Lewis got sick this week, so he is not on the pod. Lemon Pepper, Louis, wish him the best. We wish him a great holiday. But we got to trudge forward, and Matt, this week is week sixteen. We got games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. We have games all week. I was really hoping that Lou was going to be here to discuss the NFL takeover of of Christmas Day NBA stuff. I mean, I was really hoping for that, but we'll have to discuss it next week.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I'm quite sure he's discussed that. I know. I mean, it, it even started a little bit last year when Christmas fell on a Saturday. Uh, and then the NFL is, is able to as soon as it's close to Sunday, they're going to find a way to get some games on, on Christmas Day, and Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, and they're always going to work it in and steal. But it does prove that the NFL is still king, as you as you always say, Danny. And, you know, as much as uh, I like to watch a little basketball on Christmas, I'm much happier to have football. on.
0: You're going to be locked in. There's no question about it. And of course, what better way to celebrate Christmas? than me and you going head-to-head for real in Denver on Sunday night on a standalone game that means absolutely nothing. So, at least to me, it doesn't. So, what better way to celebrate, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to um, be drinking the eggnog uh, at that point of the <laughs> evening, sitting down by the fire and watching this absolute trash heap of a game. Oh. Um, again, at, after the Broncos were exposed by the Lions last week, we're back. We're just you know, we're back. We're on the next year. We're on the next year. We're back. We're back off of the train, I should say.
0: It was a fun. It was a fun few weeks. You know, the Monday night game in Buffalo, all that stuff. We had no fun weeks uh, at all for the New England, except for the Steelers. And I can't wait to watch Bailey Zappi throw interceptions with nobody playing for them uh, on Sunday night. Uh, two, one, and two what the heck? ugly just that's that doesn't even make any
1: sense and it it really is unfortunate again the one week that we just were so busy that we didn't get to do it till friday morning i mean from my end you would you would have got another loss but like the bears and the <laughs> Vikings were three and a half the bears and Vikings were available three and a half all week personally my my own betting wagers i went four and one of the games that i picked but two one and two as far as the show goes very unfortunate but uh, we're getting to it Thursday morning this week, so maybe we're getting ahead of some of these line jumps. And let's see. I, hope, I'm, I just feel like taking things on half points now. I don't want any more spreads. I, any any even numbers or any, any more pushes? Any more even numbers? I don't even want to stay away from it. I need hooks. I, I can't handle it.
0: I had two games last night that – there was like three or four games last night that moved like half a point. And I'm like, oh, oh my own, And it like totally affected what I was going to choose this week. But let's get into the week in review because that's a good point. It's – it's the point of the whole matter is you got to get the best of the number, and which you did. I mean, congratulations for doing it. But, Matt, I texted you to have Vikings and, and Bengals game on Saturday. We should have never put this game in the five. Even when it was – what was it, 14 to three? I was like, well, it's dead. And then literally an hour later, Jake Browning is – is throwing a ridiculous ball to T. Higgins. So many crazy plays. That game was totally nuts.
1: Yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins with his puffy face out there just making, <laughs> like, some silly – that – the, uh, you know, the interception thrown into the D-lineman's stomach as oh he was getting twisted around and thrown to the ground. I mean, one in a million and just such a great moment with him walking back being like, no, no, I threw it. I threw it. And it was like, the ref's like, yes, I know you threw it. It's an interception. It's not a fumble. Um, <laughs> that was a, that was a big time bonehead play. It just, just a wild ending in that one going into overtime. Nick Mullins is the exact example of that. The Eagles should cite when it's like, not everybody could do the tush push. because He was, was just wow. like, he was just like grabbing the ball and like, he, he felt like he wasn't even pushing forward with his legs. He was just, like, leaning forward, expecting everybody to just shove him. It's like he wasn't even driving
0: himself into the pile. I, it was a mess. Nick Mullins also happens to be one of the smaller quarterbacks in football. So, uh, yeah, not so much on the tush push. The other tush push for us, uh, Chicago. I mean, that, we had that game. I mean, we had that game so many ways. And I felt so good about it going into the fourth quarter. We're up 10. It's like there's no way the Browns are coming back on this defense. And it just all fell apart for the Bears.
1: Yeah, I believe the Bears have three or four games this year where they've had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter and have lost. Oh. Uh, I know, let's see, yeah, I can think of the Lions definitely being one of them. I think the Minnesota game was another one when even when, when Kirk went out and then yeah. uh, they had uh, Dobbs came in. I think that was another one um
0: the Lions, the Lions you no, that was the game
1: that sorry that was the game that fields went out and then cousins had to they come back on that one right um yeah so the Bears they're really good at keeping games close and they're really good at getting out the lead they're not gonna get closing up games yet and uh looks like looks like it's gonna be Caleb Williams Williamson in Chicago oh it I'm was trying- it was it it was interesting for a little while there he was justin was making things interesting but I, I think it's eh, close that book
0: after like two weeks that is so great i mean the up and downness i think i think we really won't know honestly until january i, I really don't think we will
1: this we think he can come out with a good showing and be
0: like i don't know maybe we just take Robert Harris jr right. again i don't know like i have no clue until the end of the year so i'm not gonna i'm gonna reserve judgment uh let's get the winners in huh let's start with the mind melt, the number one mind melt. Thank God, I, and this was why we took this game because we knew when it mattered late in the game. If Ron Rivera was down by a touchdown, he was kicking an extra. Like that was, like that was so obvious, and that was one of the reasons why I think we both liked it so much. Is we knew the Rams were going to dominate through the air. They did. Jacoby Brissett comes in and just goes nuts, which was crazy. But at the end of the day, as they're calling him now, paddle boat Ron uh is uh is not really taking any shots no more
1: yeah extremely fortunate the jacoby percent uh bump is real uh that was that was very scary there for a little bit a guy was kind of out after work doing a little bit of a informal christmas party thing and i saw halftime score was what 20 to nothing or or 17 Mm -hmm. to 17 to nothing something like that and i was just like yeah it's a piece of cake and then all of a sudden I, i saw what it was coming back and they scored that final touchdown. And I was like, Oh, oh, oh my God, <laughs> I didn't think, I didn't think we were in danger of that one at all. But again, luckily uh still had the better team now.
0: And a nice little blocked extra point to boot. Uh, you are completely right about Buffalo. I mean, just absolute nails. It was the right spot. My heart was not in it. My head felt like Dallas. And sometimes you got to lead with your heart a little bit. Buffalo, absolute dominant performance and not due to Josh Allen. I mean, that was really the, the most surprising thing is they dominated the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball.
1: Their defense looked better than it has, I think, all year. I think that was the best defensive performance of the season. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, it was the perfect spot. It was a big game for them to get up at home, at night, 4 o'clock game. Um, and it was just – it was a great spot for them.
0: Yeah, and Buffalo is now very much in the driver's seat to probably make the playoffs now. And then uh, how about your- – your perfect passer rating, first quarterback ever to do it in Lambeau Field, and it's Baker Mayfield. I mean, had to see that coming, right, for me. Hey,
1: you, you had it. You had it nailed. It. I mean, you just you knew it was coming. You knew that Baker was looking forward to this opportunity. I, again, that game was such a toss up to me, and, and Baker looked unbelievable. He looked perfect. <laughs>
0: I can't tell you how many Patriot fans I've heard say, like, we should just get Baker Mayfield now. Like, he's he's he's, he's good enough. He's good enough. You know,
1: like. Yeah, you better bring Mike Evans and Chris Godwin over with them because he's yeah. not going to be doing that with
0: Pop Douglas and Devontae Parker. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine Baker with Juju. Like, ew. That <laughs> uh, sounds awful. Uh, the losses, uh, the Pats, which really never had a shot. I mean, the Chiefs were nice to them for letting them lose by 10. I played really well in the first half. Second half was a complete disaster.
1: Yeah, I thought they were competitive. I was going to say, I, when they were, didn't they, they, did they go up 7 nothing? They were up 10-7. Pats? 10-7? Were up 10-7 yeah. That's 10-7. So, you know, I thought they had a chance there. But uh, talk about not having a chance, though. I mean, the Giants. The Giants
0: had no freaking, freaking chance. freaking Giants, man. Like, that was the end of that. Uh, and thus concludes yeah. Tommy DeVito. Like that. Yeah. Oh man. Sleep. Sleeping
1: with the fishes.
0: Sleeping with the fishes is right. Absolutely brutal. Under the weather winds, Baltimore and Jacksonville. Easy. I mean, that felt so easy. I mean, when I saw the opening uh with uh, the new report I don't remember her name, but um she had the opening and they just talked about the wind. And it was you could see the wind was all over the place. And you know, Lamar actually Kind of got stymied a little bit there in the first half. It was only 10-0 at halftime, and then they end up rolling, only getting to 30, so under the weather, easy. Chicago, Pittsburgh, both losers on the – it's better to lose that way, though, on the Magic Million Parlay. They were kind of both ripped out of my – I mean, like I
1: said, I knew it Saturday. I knew it Saturday. Pittsburgh, what the hell was that? And then thinking, you know, it is better to at least get it out of the way then then instead of getting my heart ripped out doubly with Chicago on Sunday. And Pittsburgh was up 13-0 in the game? Hey, yeah. The start? Yep, yeah. I was like, get... oh, we're in a great draft. They, you know, Mitch, Mitch lasted a couple weeks, and now he's, he's, <laughs> he's yanked out of there as well. He, yeah. he's, he's done. He's as, done in
0: the NFL. As he should be for Christmas time to put Rudolph in the game. Uh, put yeah. me in, Santa. Uh, I love it. I love it. Bet the narrative also a loser with uh, Dallas as Lou really, uh, again, when Lou's not here to defend himself, I'm, I, I have nothing, no qualms about it. So uh, that puts the records 33, 41, and five for me. Oh. So improving a little bit. Matt also getting that 52%, 38, 35, and six. Like to see that. That's a good one. And Lou is 7, 11, and one on the bet the narrative. Under the weather goes to 11, and four. Magic Moneyline Parlay is 2 and 13, but down 4.4 units. So still alive, very much alive to get there.
1: Striking distance. We're exactly. stone striking distance.
0: Absolutely. So let's get it this week, Matt. With the better record, we tied again. So pick or punt.
1: I am going to go first because um, my my fifth my fifth pick. Yes, in, in the spirit of giving, I will be taking uh, <laughs> this game. I just I'm ex I'm I'm excited to be back on this team, Dan. Yeah because there's been a team that we have had to stay away from just because Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I, there was a quarterback that I could not tolerate. There was just a quarterback that I couldn't get behind, but crack open a Heineken for the holidays and give me the Atlanta Falcons minus one going against the Indianapolis Colts, who is by the way, my favorite team to fade as of Bruce weeks. I didn't go against them on the spread last week, but again, Had Pittsburgh in the money line Parlay. Fatal mistake in that. Again, going against Colts at home. Shane Steichen, a very good head coach. But in that game last week against Pittsburgh, they took some bumps and some bruises the Colts did. Uh, I believe they are going to be without Michael Pittman and without Zach Moss in this game.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, Basically, they're they're two best offensive weapons. Uh, I mean, you've got a couple guys receiving, you know, Alec Pierce, a field stretcher. I don't know if he's going to be able to be that possession receiver that Michael Pittman is, helps them move the change, as well as Zach Moss, who's really been their best guy. Trey Sermon is not a running back that I would like getting full boatload of carries. Mm-hmm. He was a running back that didn't work out in San Francisco, where they make every running back be able to yeah. work out, and he couldn't get on the field there. So
0: Philly, too, same thing.
1: Exactly. I mean, two teams that it's like we got anybody can run the ball here, and he couldn't do it. So I don't think he's going to be able to do it for the Colts. Uh, Minshew, we've talked about it, has some – I've talked about it. <laughs> know you. He has just massive turnover regression coming with, you know, he has an extremely high turnover worthy play rate this year that have not turned into turnovers. Um, and I think this Atlanta team, you're going to get a really good look out of them coming back home after losing an embarrassing game. Again, this is, this is another one too. People just saw them lose to Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: counting them out totally. Uh, but they got a couple guys back on the defensive line. I believe Gary didn't play last week, and he's supposed to be back this week. Uh, another couple of players there that I think are going to be able to stop the run of the Colts, which is going to be what they try and lean on without Pittman in this game. Uh, and I think that you're going to get a very hungry Atlanta team at home versus a Colts team that is not good going away. Um, and I think that, again, talking about Heineke, making this switch over for Ritter, who just can't throw the ball at all. Unless he's playing – who who who's it they played a couple weeks ago? Mm. He's had like two 300-yard games. Yeah, I against, remember uh, – I can't remember uh, who
0: it was. I'm,
1: I'm trying to remember who it is. Either, I, I, he's had two, his two best pass before been against one team this year. Um, so it's somebody else in the division. Uh, but you could throw out the Colts. And I think this is why this is a huge, huge change to Heineke here is that he can actually get the ball downfield and get the ball into these receivers' hands. Um, and as much as the Colts have been lucky with their, their winning – Atlanta has been extremely unlucky. They are one in five in games decided by less than five points this year. Uh, and a lot of those have come on like two or three have come on like last second plays or field goals um, in those games. So I think that they've kind of been getting as unlucky as the Colts have been getting lucky. So uh, combine that together it gives me Atlanta minus one at home against Colts.
0: Yeah, that's pretty ugly. Um, but I it's do. Uh, but the, it, you know what, though? That is a on-brand – that that's, like, right up your alley. And if we were, like, picking games, like, if me and you were trying to guess which games we were picking, that probably would have been number one on my list because you love betting on the Falcons, and this year you have been anti-cults since the offseason. So I, I think that that is
1: – I love betting on the Falcons when Des Ritter's not playing. Yeah, I mean, that, that that is that's, true. A dead, that's a dead given, too. I, I, I love Heineke. Like, give me – as soon as <laughs> Heineke too. comes in the game
0: – Yeah because you, you don't know I mean you're going to get a gunslinging performance that's what you're going to get yeah Heineke yep. so it's kind of like betting on Nick Mullins last week Heineke's your
1: Nick Mullins this week as much as it seems ugly these two quarterbacks like a Minshew and Heineke like that's a. I, I shouldn't bet this game because it's going to be chaotic and it can really
0: go anywhere but I'm just hoping that Minshew is 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 not as good That's one of those week two college football games. Old Dominion goes up to Washington State and plays. Like, that's this is what I'm feeling from this game. Uh, That game, I think, is ugly. I'm not going to want to watch it. But, Matt, I I, I am going ugly. I am going really ugly. Uh, You know, Matt, the Grinch will be out to steal people's presents and their money that pay to actually go to this game. But like the Grinch – the Jets will return the presents with a win. I'm going to take the Jets at home against the Commanders in the quintessential Christmas game that you have to watch this week. If there was ever a corner TV game, this is the one for you. Uh, Those of you who are sadly drinking at the bar on Christmas Eve, uh, yeah, I mean, if there's anybody this week throwing that game on, shame on you. Yes, the Jets are bad right now, and Trevor Simeon's going to start. But the Washington defense has all the tender sweetness of a seasick crocodile, and I would, given the choice between them, I'll take the seasick crocodile. I'm going to take that crocodile over this defense any day of the week. Listen, man, these are the stats. I'm just going to throw them out to you. These are the stats of full season Washington defense. They are the worst team in the league in defensive yards per attempt, opponents points per play, defensive yards per play, fourth quarter scoring, opponents points per game, and defensive passer rating. Not to mention that they're also tied for 27th in defensive yards per carry, so their rush defense really ain't that good, and 24th in third down defense. Now, the thing that does surprise, doesn't surprise you is that. The thing that does surprise you is Washington. I looked at a stat this week, Matt, about Washington's offense and how inefficient and predictable it actually is playing against the Jets defense that I have power rated right now the best defense in football by the numbers. Uh, now, if you look at Washington as a team, the commanders are the only team in the league that has thrown the ball 500 times this year. 500 pass attempts this year. Nobody has more. Nobody even has is at 500. I think they're at 509. They are 29th in play action pass attempts this year, which shows you the incredible predictability of what they have done. They have completely so that, and that's Eric Bieniemy too doing it. And that tells me that Bieniemy has zero trust in the O line to run the football. On top of the fact that Brian Robinson is probably not going to be playing again this week. So they're going to have to pass protect as the 25th ranked pressure rate allowed team against the second best pressure rate team in the league. (laughs) Good luck. That's all I'm going to say. The Jets also have played the sixth toughest schedule in football. Washington has done all this defensive debauchery playing the 22nd ranked schedule in football. I mean, it's ridiculous. They've played bad teams and done this. Bad quarterbacks and done this. So if Trevor Simeon is starting, look, I don't know how much the Jets are going to score in this game, but I'm not sure in what world Washington is scoring here. So I'll take the Jets' second straight road game for the Commanders. And teams, after getting shut out since 2015, are 30-13-3 and against the spread. That's 70%. Dump this game to crump it. Give me the Jets minus three. Boy, oh boy, that's. It that's, was a tough week.
1: That's spoiled that dog right there. That's what that yeah. is. That is gonna be tough to swallow. But again, you're on the right. You cannot. I don't know how anybody can talk themselves like about the Commanders right now. They are. I mean, they're a team that's quit. Awful. Ron Rivera is just. They're. He's getting, like, the veteran benefit of the doubt, like the senior benefit of the doubt that he gets gets to play the year out. But, like, as I said, the decision-making at the end of the game last week clearly shows he does not care to win any of these games. He doesn't give a damn to actually try and win. So, I, I, I think he got it.
0: I think he got it going. The Jets, think- <laughs> you got it if you got to pick one, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Jets are the seasick crocodile. Yeah, they're no question. But, you know, it's better than the commanders. So, I, also, Sam Howell is going to start. So just shows you like Jacoby Brissett went in and balled out in that game. And Rivera has no, is, is no will to start up, you know, he's just going to start Sam same hell. So number four, number four here. Well, this is,
1: this is just how we like to play the NFL as much as I was going against this team, this game right here, as much as last week might've been a, 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 a Game to see who is more real. This is a game to see who's the biggest fraud. Mm. Cowboys in Miami.
0: Yeah, and baby. This is
1: the fraud ball of all fraud balls. And the Finns are the frauds in this one. I'll give you the wow. Cowboys plus one and a half here. Going down to Miami. Uh, we just like to, you know, this is how we see saw the league. This is how we teeter-totter our way through the league. I think that Cowboys game last week against the Bills, you saw the Bills obviously said it wasn't really the passing attack that got it done against the Cowboys. It was the running game. Uh, The Bills offensive line dominated that game, and they dominated on the other side of the line of scrimmage. I don't know if Miami can replicate that dominant rushing attack on on the the Cowboys this week. Uh, They have explosive plays. They're really good explosive plays, but I don't know if they're going to be able to grind it out, control the clock kind of game especially with they've had some offensive line injuries coming up over the past couple of weeks i believe their left left tackle armstead is out still uh, or potentially missing this game um a couple other injuries across that line and i, I think that was really it the, the bills just kind of time of possession dominated the cowboys in that game um and their defense is not nearly as good as the bills so the bills defense has been elevating 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 um and i just don't think miami any good offense that they have played this year. They have played the weakest schedule of offenses in the NFL this season. And anytime they've gone against anybody real, like Buffalo themselves uh, or Philadelphia, they move the ball up and down the field on them. And this Dallas offense, as much as they struggled last week, I think is very much still an elite offense and is going to be able to move the ball on Miami. Uh, I don't have a ton of notes on this game. I just think that this is exact kind of way to, teeter-totter our way through the league. We have constantly said all year, Miami is not real until they beat a real team, and they still have not done it. It's week 16. Mm-hmm. They're still frauds. They've just had to play a really easy schedule the past few weeks. We love betting them. They've been double-digit dogs how many times this year because they're playing trash opponents. Give me Dallas in this game. Plus one and a half.
0: So the problem I have with what you say on this game is that all the things that you say that apply to Miami also kind of apply to the Cowboys. I know the Cowboys have a win over the Eagles. Um, that's the one game, but they have also gotten shellacked by good teams. Um, Buffalo, the Eagles earlier, San Francisco, nice. not, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's happened. And, and you've talked about the bad schedules. Uh, Miami's played the 32nd ranked schedule in the league. They're played the worst schedule in football. Dallas played the 29th ranked. So that's that. I mean, it's, it, it's it, a fraud ball, Dan. It's, it it's, it's a such fraud a bowl. fraud ball. I made the number of De- uh, Miami minus two. Miami minus two was a number for me. So I, I I got nothing on this game. I'm sitting back. I'm watching it. Weather. Yeah.
1: T- T- this game. Tyreek. i Tyreek's probably gonna play, but he's clearly banged up. He's clearly, clearly banged up. Missed
0: last game. So mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win that game. Honestly, I'm in the dark with that one.
1: Okay, it's a good it's a good one to watch on getting ready for getting ready for oh, yeah. dinner on Christmas Eve. Oh yeah, you know I'm not Italian, but I'm sure the seven fishes are going to be getting seven prepped fishes.
0: Yeah, I was going to say seven. You know, fishes. shrimp
1: watching this game. You know, seven Fishes... That- we're we're a dolphin this week.
0: My don't get my, don't get me canceled for that. This is one of the this is one of the fishes. Uh that's my job this year. My Lebanese sister-in-law has decided to give us all like uh jobs for dinner this year. So my parents don't do the whole thing. And my job is to peel the shrimp. So that's what I'll be I'll be peeling shrimp and going squish the fish, Dallas. Uh that's what I'll be doing. Uh okay. Well. It's the holiday season, as you mentioned. And sometimes, you know, you got to know when to get off a train. You know, you got to know when to get off a train and hop on the sleigh, right? You got to hop on the sleigh. You got to sell high, you got to buy low, and you got to get guidance, you know, when when you're driving the sleigh, right? You know, and the one that guides the sleigh is none other than Rudolph. Give me the Steelers plus two at home against the Bengals. We are done with the jungle. I can't do it anymore after that push. We've we've maximized out the Jake Browning effect, and it's time to buy low on the Steelers. You've lost three in a row. I mean, this is the spot to do it. Pittsburgh just literally weeks ago ran down the throats of the Bengals' rush defense. Just a few weeks ago. I mean, it was a joke. There was a the first game in a year and a half that they had 400 yards of offense. It was something like that just a few weeks ago. It's the one game that Browning did not play well in. And Cincinnati has two major injuries. Jamar Chase is probably not playing. And DJ Reader is out for the season. And that's a huge, match, uh, huge loss for the Bengals. Warren and Harris should really run wild. Not only is Reader out, but even before Reader now is out, The Bengals are dead last in rush defense EPA in the league by a wide margin. So Rudolph is not that much big of a difference than Pickett. And he actually might be a a small upgrade from MVP Mitch over there. Uh, But to me, this really has to do with Jake Browning. After that week where they had a miracle after miracle. Christmas came early for that team. They needed a ton of luck. To win that game, uh, I could definitely see him sputtering out. We don't just also have Tomlin as a home dog. We have Tomlin as a home divisional dog. So that's great. And then Pittsburgh, after allowing 30 points or more in the previous game under Mike Tomlin, they are 26 10 and 1 against the spread. And when that game is at home, they are 19 6 and 1 against the spread after giving up 30 points got to do it matt it's a christmas tradition and i know they give out coal in pittsburgh but that's a that's a holiday greeting in western pennsylvania give me the steelers plus two at home
1: yeah I mean, you're, you're right to call it you got to get off the browning trade eventually you know it's again it, it, people are i'm hearing now um nick Foles coming in for carson wentz uh you know as far as a a narrative oh joe burrow goes down and and then nick Foles, jake browning comes in and takes them all the way to the super bowl i think we're getting a little putting the cart ahead of the horse we're getting we're putting the sleigh ahead of rudolph on that (laughs) one uh if we want to stay with that i think that's a good call it's a good uh, that's a good spot to take them um number three pick here this would this game would be higher this game would be higher i wanted to make it higher and i was saying to dan before this being christmas night this is a true Christmas gift for everybody mm. because we get to watch us two Super Bowls this year. We get to watch the matchup of two Super Bowls mm. because we get a Super Bowl preview on Monday night. Give me the Baltimore Ravens catching five mm. going on the road to San Francisco. Um, I mm. just wish we had more injury reports coming out in this game because that is really why I think that Baltimore is going to be able to keep this one close. Not only are I mean they're they're great. Uh they're great as dogs, Uh, sorry, the Ravens, John Harbaugh, historically fantastic as an underdog since 2018, the Ravens against the spread as an underdog, 19 and four Lamar 15 and one against the spread as a dog or a favorite of less than a field goal. Uh, and he's also going against an NFC team and, and the Ravens have been very dominant against NFC teams because they are a new look teams are not used to Lamar's speed, uh, and the Niners are having some injuries on the on the defensive line. There is a chance that Armstead and Hargraves missed this game. They they both were injured or, or didn't play last they week against play, the Cardinals. Yeah. And the Cardinals had eight yards per attempt last week. This is, again, this is a team in San Francisco that, as much as they added some edge rushers, uh, you know they don't have a lot of depth at a lot of their positions. And that's why when they had their struggles earlier in the year, it's because they had a couple injuries and they don't have as many guys to come in and fill in. They also are missing quarterback Diamador Lenore. Uh, who was one of those guys who started playing more when they were having their struggles. They took out Oliver. I believe it was the other cornerback that they took out who was playing poorly. Lenore came in, and now I think they are going to have to go back to Oliver. And then that was where their secondary was having some struggles. So uh, I wish I just knew if those guys were playing, because I think that's going to make a huge difference in this game. It's sitting in that dead area right now of five. It's been kind of five and a half, five all week. I don't think it gets to six at all. Uh, But I do think that as you see injury reports come out, if those guys are going to miss this line, is going to go down. I think this line is going to close a lot closer to Ravens minus four, maybe three and a half. Mm. So I do think getting five right now, which is kind of a dead area number. This feels like a game. That's going to be a field goal game. Uh, Just two absolutely stacked teams 2 head to toe teams. And then I just think it's, a, we're able to sell the top of the market again a little bit on San Francisco because everybody is just thinking they're running through everybody. It is true when they have everybody healthy. When they when they've got when they've got Debo and Trent Williams, they're basically under, they're undefeated. The only couple of games they lost is when they didn't have those two guys. Um, but they are absolutely dominating. It has been interesting though. Some, one of these guys that I listened to highlighted that the AFC has dominated the NFC in interleague play this year, and it might just be you know we were kind of talking about that. You know, obviously we just saw last week Buffalo dominates the Cowboys. Uh, so a couple other instances this year, so. Hoping that trend sticks through. I hope the AFC is just a better, more battle tust, uh, battle-tested battle division uh, conference. And, uh, again, in a Super Bowl preview, I think five too many points. Give the Ravens.
0: See, I feel like the 49ers have been at the top of the market for weeks. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, it feels like ever since they beat the Eagles, they've been at the top of the market, you know. And even then, like, they were favored in that game on the road. Like, there was no – there was it felt like that's really i mean this is a hard one that, that's a hard game to to step in front of that train because you look at the five and you're like oh ravens are getting five points like the ravens are really good but like that that to me feels very very fishy yeah
1: no but no no, and trust me you don't want to get in front of the train right now but yeah we're gonna do it we're gonna step into it and hopefully right. uh hopefully conductor slams in the brakes <laughs>
0: The Polar Express uh, of the 49ers.
1: I'm missing some gimme. Uh, it's too early. I'm missing some very gimme uh, Christmas movie <laughs> you know, references as my brain still struggles and still buffering.
0: We we normally do this at night, so I'm trying to give you the benefit of the
1: doubt. Golly.
0: Hey, Matt, uh, you remember a couple weeks ago in that 49ers-Eagle game where Big Dom, like, you know, gotten Trey Green lost face and on the sidelines, you know, remember yeah, Big Dom,
1: Italian-American.
0: Big Dom, Italian-American. There's a lot of Italian-Americans being popularized in the NFL this week. And this week, Tommy DeVito is calling Dom, Dominic the donkey this week when he and Big Blue come to town. I'm taking the Giants plus 12 in Philly in, the, again, a absolutely disgusting spot because – Yes, the Giants got blown out last week and, and, you know, the miracle of Christmas is over. Philadelphia is just hitting the skids. Three losses in a row. You got to think here, oh, yeah, they're going to, you know, figure it out this week. They're going to dominate a team that they always dominate, the Giants. And every year these two teams play, there's typically one close game and one not so close game. But I have a feeling that this one has all the trappings of a closer game than 12 points i mean we're talking about 12 points as a divisional dog i think we kind of have to do this because i think the the philadelphia problems on defense and turnovers they go deeper than just you know a couple of bad games to me uh Hertz is clearly banged up right now he was clearly sick again in seattle um and that's caused him to when pressured fall off make riskier downfield throws Heading into last week's game, Jalen Hurts on passes where the defender is five or more yards away from his receiver. So these are wide open passes. He's completing 20% of them, 25th in football in wide open passes. Something is deeply, disturbingly wrong about that. Philly's offense has completely collapsed. Remember last year, how in the first half, they would just dominate. They had... They scored 20 points in the first half last year 10 times. They have not done that this year. They have yet to score 20 points in the first half. Their average points per game over the last three games prior to Monday night, in the first half scoring, 6.3 points per game in the first half prior to those three, three games. I think it's a deeper issue. I really do. I think the design, the scheme, it's all wrong. And I think that the Giants have the defense to be able to exploit it We talk about the blitz rate all the time, them second in the league in blitz rate. That has produced their ninth ranking in hurry percentage. So when Hurts is hurried up, he is having issues. Whether he has to run out of the pocket or not, he's definitely not as an explosive runner as he was last year. And then you have Philadelphia's defense. I now regard defense. I, I looked at Philadelphia, and as I power rated it, I power rated Philadelphia's defense right now as a 30th ranked defense in football right now. I mean, in my opinion, and that's because of this. If you look at their defensive A dot right now, teams attempting passes down the field on them. They are 25th in football, 8.3 yards on A dot right now for their defense. The last three weeks, 29th in defensive yards per attempt and defensive passer rating passer rating. They're one of five teams giving up more than 50% on third down. They're tied for 30th on red zone defense, 28th on defensive yards per play, 30th in opponents' points per play. Matt, get this. They are 31st in points per game. 31st over the last three weeks. I mean, it's ridiculous. They give up 31 points per game the last three weeks. And then this, their rush defense, something the Giants are probably going to want to try to exploit. Remember how good their rush defense was in the beginning of the year? They are 31st in EPA in rush defense right now. They're give, that's a minus 19 in EPA right now for them. That, that's crazy. And they're giving up more passing first downs than anybody in football. The Eagles have given up the most passing first downs. On top of that, I think Dable knows Patricia well enough to be able to exploit him from their New England days. He's going to have a better plan. The Giants' rush defense, although it's not great, Finally held an opponent under 120 yards rushing last week in the Saints. The last three weeks, they're six in defensive yards per attempt, 5th in rushing in red zone defense. And remember, the Giants are plus 6 in turnover differential. That's a top 6 mark in the league. If DeVito gets the first Giants win in Philadelphia in 10 years, because they haven't won there since 2013, they got to break out all 7 fishes in the postgame like they do turkey legs on Thanksgiving. Give me the Giants plus 12.
1: Yeah, it just feels like way too many points. I mean, you highlight how bad the defense is. Their offense hasn't been that good for the Eagles as well. I mean, the offense is clearly struggling. So they are. I mean, I think that they've been big, big time proven as as frauds uh, as far as you know the worst team with a ten and four record. So are they um,
0: frauds? Are they totally out of the Super Bowl for you?
1: I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like this is not a team. That can go into San Francisco and win a game, which is right. I mean, right now you you know any team in the NFC to get to, you're going to have to go into San Francisco and win a game. I don't know if they could do that. Name they that team. Know if they could do that.
0: Name that team that can do it.
1: Oh, I don't know if anybody <laughs> because I think Dallas. I think Dallas last week proved that. I mean, we already saw that matchup. We already saw how that went for them, and uh, you know, same with the Eagles. So I, I think everything's running through San Francisco right now. So as yeah. much as I'm baiting them this week, but at five points, five points. That's crazy. I mean, you know, they're not going to be in the money line.
0: You know who's a team? The I think who has the best chance to beat them in San Francisco? Honest to God, the Rams. I think they honestly have maybe the best chance to go into San just, Francisco. Just matchup-wise, yeah. Like they get them. They know how to play. Their you know? defense couldn't handle. Their that. defense is Their terrible. Defense... They played them to a seven-point game when they played them earlier in the year. I mean, in I know it's early, ten, but ten
1: you know. ten-point game with a with a last-minute field goal for. To, to have the backers back, we got it. We got it.
0: We were on that.
1: But Sean McVay doesn't pay attention to the spreads. Um, anyway, this is um, this is another gift that just keeps on giving. This is another gift that keeps on giving for me. And as much as it didn't quite go, we ended up having to push the sleigh last week with this team. I think Brian Flores is coming with a big old sack of goodies. For the Detroit Lions. And it might be filled with some lumps of coal for them. (laughs) Give me the Minnesota Vikings in this defense. Plus three. I get another one I missed out on the hook. Plus three. It was at three and a half all week. But you got to get the best of the number when you can. I'll take the three. Uh, Again, this defense has been playing at an elite level. And they survived. They were able to get us a push slash cover last week, depending on where you got it. Even with Nick Bowen's having two turnovers in the red zone and making a couple of really boneheaded plays, but this defense played so damn well last week. And again, what we know is about them is, is the blitzing, the package. We talked in depth about it last week, his high end, over 50% pass rush team blitz blitz uh, blitz rushing team is going to be able to take advantage of that with Jared Goff. Jared Goff, to his credit, when not blitzed is PFF's number one quarterback out of 41 according to PFF grade when blitzed he is 29th out of 41 quarterbacks so he goes from the best quarterback in the league to barely being a starter for one of these 32 teams in the NFL and I think that that is going to give them fits the Lions have also had a bunch of offensive line problems it does look like everybody is going to play but -hmm. they are all not at 100 percent Frank now on the injury report today Sewell on the injury report um a a couple other guys as well. Uh, they're, they're a Decker. I think they're left tackle on the injury report. So they, and I think this is a great time to fade the lines again. Everybody's, they are such a hot and cold team this year. And the public I think is obsessed with this team because their offense is so flashy and so much fun to watch, but they beat up on a fraudulent Broncos team last week. I mean, they they beat up on a team that was getting away with it for quite a while in the Broncos. And I don't think that that holds true here against this Minnesota team. Like I said, I think the blitzing is going to be able to take advantage. Um, And as well, again, the Lions defense looked good against Mullins, but uh, Ty Chandler had a really, really good running game last week. And I think that that is going to get, that is a a problem for the Lions is their, their, their rush defense hasn't been as good as what they were earlier in the year Um, and defense. And then as far as the passing game, Jefferson's back. And I think that he is going to be able to take advantage of some spots. Jefferson, Hawkins, Hawkinson, Hawkinson yeah, is so Hawkinson
0: good this is a year. a monster,
1: he, yeah. he should be talked about as, now with Andrews out, I mean, he's the best tight end in the league this year. Like Kelsey's not having a good year. Hawkinson is, is probably the number one. It's, it's Well, probably Him two guys in this game. I, was, I was, Or, yeah, I'd say the two guys in this game, even Laporta, the rookie. Laporta's had a good year,
0: yeah. Phenomenal. I mean,
1: those you name Kittle, that's probably the top three in the league. With Andrews out, obviously he was great when he was playing. But um, they were able to move the ball. Uh, again, the Mullins and that offense were able to move the ball on the Bengals I think playing at home helps not only Mullins massively. I think it helps the defense a ton. They are going to get loud there in Minnesota. um, Knowing that those blitzes are coming, they're going to speed up golf. And as much as it's an indoor game for golf, it's still a road game for him uh, where he's not as good away from home. And and again, I just think that this defense and this blitz, this blitzing defense is going to be able to cause some problems for them. Like 29th out of 41 quarterbacks for golf. I think that's a big deal. They're not going to be able to throw the ball nearly as much. And, again, the the Vikings' rush defense has been good enough as well that they aren't going to be able to – you know, the Lions are able to game script pretty well and sometimes lean more in the pass game, lean more in the run game. Uh, I think the Vikings are going to be able to handle kind of both of those fronts decently in this game. And a home divisional dog catching three? Sign me up. Give me the Vikings.
0: That's your – yeah, that's your one saving grace in this game is like you're getting a home divisional dog, the best unit on the field – the uh, Lions' offense is pretty good. I mean, this is good. We're going to come down to can Minnesota stop Detroit. I mean, really. I mean, because Detroit's defense is is probably average, where Minnesota's offense is, you know, with Mullins back there, it could hit, it could not. I think this number is probably correct. Three is about right. So I that that's probably Minnesota's that kind of team that, like, all right, are they better than the other team? Make them a three-point favorite. Are they worse than the other team? Make them a three-point dog. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of what I feel about Minnesota. there's a constant three uh, for for the Vikings. So we'll take it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I kind of lean Detroit. Actually, Detroit is in my lanes. Actually, which is weird. So maybe not really sure why, but I, I just kind of got a funky feeling. Uh, number two, Matt. You gotta play the hits. You got to play the hits. We always play the hits this holiday season. We play the Jingle Bell Rock. We play the Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, right? You got a favorite song, favorite hit, song? Um.
1: Oddly enough, that uh, that Kelly Clarkson, uh, it's not Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. It's like
0: Gifts it's Under like the that. Tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know.
1: Presents Under the Tree. Oh, we got pop.
0: we got some That song's great. Pipes here. Too, uh, too early to sing. Too early. To sing. <laughs> Well, you play that Gifts Under the Christmas Tree and all that song. So we play them all. We play all the hits. And one of the hits we play on this show is Fade, that Monday night winner, and Mike Vrabel as a dog at home. Give me the Titans plus two and a half. Oh, these offenses are pretty mediocre. Like I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't like either of these teams very much at all. But we have a fresh Ryan Tannehill again that is probably going to start in this game that could help things progress. How rare is it, Matt, when the backup comes in and he's better than the starter? I mean, like we're kind of getting a weird shot in the arm here where Tannehill probably affects the line to where it's a positive regression for Tennessee here, especially them coming off a heartbreak loss. The Seahawks. This is a spot play. Seattle with a miracle win at the end. Your boy Drew Lock did you, you know? <laughs> did you put another the, one?
1: Put the backpack on, baby. Put the <laughs> back, he got to put the backpack on. That was a great moment between him and Gino at the end of the game. Awesome. Because that was, I mean, Gino had his moment, and then Drew Lock got to have his moment. Gino was so happy for him. I, I, my boy Drew Locke was having a moment last Monday.
0: Oh, he was in his bag last week. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. That, that was that was like. And then the post game interview afterwards, he, where he's like, "You never know," you know. It was like inspiration. He's like, "What are you, Rocky Balboa?" Like it was, it was ridiculous. It, it was awesome though. Uh, but Matt, I mean, Tannehill's going up against this team. This defense is clearly the most overrated defense in football. I mean, it's not even close. The last three weeks of the season, I'm going to give you the rundown again. Seattle, they're giving up five point one yards per carry underground. Have fun with Derrick Henry. They're 30th in opponents rushing yards per game. Have fun with Derrick Henry. Also 30th in third down defense. They're 29th in defensive yards per play. Last in time of possession, both last three weeks and for the entire year. Uh, And then they're also tied for 28th in opponents punts per play. They still might not have Devin Witherspoon. They still might not have Jamal Adams playing this game. So they're missing guys. They're a terrible defense anyway. You look at their – Offense, they might be loaded with star power, but man, they have failed to score 17 points in four of the last five games. I mean, that's just a fact. They did it finally last week uh, against against Philly. But man, I mean, for a team that's got DK Metcalf that at any time could just pop off and be a lunatic, you know, and, and and completely unravel. Like they have a bunch of players like that on their team this year that are just like unraveler guys. That anything goes wrong, they just freak out, you know. And I think Rabel can poke and prod some of those players where he's going to be like, look, like, mess with these guys, you know. Like I said, it's a spot play. And Tennessee, the kicking game, my one of my favorites, the great folk hero, Nick Folk, has made 96% of his field goals. He's in the top two in field goal percentage this year.
1: Which is very un titans like usually like yes. the most da- like
0: the worst kicking team in the NFL. Normally, so more. they're getting production from Nick Folk. If you get it to the thirty, Nick Folk's going to make it. They've also covered four straight against NFC West opponents. Titans have, so I'm going to take them at home plus two and a half and play those hits. Jingle Bell Rock with Mike Vrabel. Little little west little West Coast Vrabel, huh? A little Vrabel, yeah, Brable, Brable a little Brabel waves, right. I mean, he is like the West thinks they're the West, like Vable knows Brabel's the West coast. Like he gets down in the sand a little bit out in, uh, out in La Jolla, out in La Jolla beach down there. It's pretty nice. Yeah, this is, I agree.
1: I think that people are looking like it's scary because Titans past events is bad. And that's exactly what the Seattle wants to do. So I, I think know. that's going to scare a lot of people off. And it does worry me
0: a little bit, but we might have more in this game later. Okay. Okay. All right. How could we not? I like this. I like this. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Number like, one. Like we're
1: going. Yeah. All right. Number one. All right. So when, when we're talking about this team, there's a lot, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of history in this team. A lot of people we know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we talk about this team, you know, Tomlin and Bradshaw and Johnson and Pickens, Roethlisberger, Pickett, Najee and Trubisky. But do you recall the greatest backup of all? Give me Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got a mind
0: meld. Steelers oh plus god. two. <laughs> Give me... that's fantastic. That was fantastic. Oh my god!
1: Uh, I, I, was, I was missing on. I, I knew I had one in the bag, that's why I couldn't go earlier on the mind meld. I was like, oh, I, I missed out all these other great. references. I had this. Is the one I had. That's great. Steelers plus two. It's the ultimate Tomlin spot. You talked about it. Teams are finally off of them. I mean, again, I thought last week taking them on the money line was the way to go. But truly now is is the time to get on them. Like I said, you, you gave out some of the ones. Week five and on as a dog, 69% Tomlin at home as a dog, 79% divisional dog, 81% as a dog. Uh, after losing a game of seven or more, 90% against the spread, 67% against Cincinnati. You mentioned all the injuries for the for the Bengals on this one. I think it's great. And then another one here is, uh, as far as Rudolph, I mean, it doesn't change that much. The three quarterbacks that they play, there's barely a difference. They're, they're, average, they're, they're adjusted net yards per attempt. Mason Rudolph, 5.1. Pickett, 5.0. Mitch, 4.9 over their time with wow. the Steelers. They're pretty much all the same. Another big one in this, again, the defense, Orlando Brown has been the worst tackle in the NFL this year. He has given up 50 pressures and 11 sacks this season, Orlando Mm. Brown has. That's going to be hard. It is an old man going up against T.J. Watt, just one of the best motors in the NFL, giving it to him for 60 minutes this game. So you gave out all the stats earlier. I think that this is a great spot to take Pittsburgh here.
0: Mm. I love it. That makes me super pumped for Pittsburgh. I I really think we're on the right side of that game. And you mentioned as well, Cincinnati, the whole line sucks. Their defense is, like, historically bad. Like, they're getting, like, they're just, like, getting
1: away with that. I I, I, I think Anarumo Anarumo is able to, like, disguise some of this stuff. But, like, they're not very good.
0: No, statistically, they are, yikes. So, hopefully, they can get it done. I I think, right, like, kind of like the same type of game, 16-10 type of game for them is definitely possible. Like, like it was a couple weeks ago. Well, Matt, in, in the spirit of the holidays, you go back home as I will, and you see many friends from yesteryear, you know, uh, we've decided to open up our house to anybody this year. Uh, I think on the 27th. So you're welcome to come down. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, there's that song, you know, at the end of the year, it's kind of nostalgic. You know, that song, for old lang syne, you know that song. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, should all acquaintance be forgot? Should they? I don't think so. You know, and to me, I feel like I've been missing a friend this entire year. I, I I've been on them once, but it was it was because I had to be. But really, to pick this team, uh, it's a special thing for me because it's the last chance I'll get to do it this year. So for all lang syne, my friends. For all Lang sign. I'll drink a cup to Kyle yet and his team with gold to mine. I missed you, Kyle. Give me the Niners. We're head to head. I'm sorry we have to do it. Minus five. Uh, Matt, I'm done arguing about it. I'm done thinking about it. I don't care about spots. I don't care about, you know, matchups. This is a team of destiny. If they do not win the Super Bowl this year, I don't get it. We talked about this many years ago when we talked about LSU uh, winning the national championship game. I see very similar premonitions of that. LSU went into Alabama uh, in the middle of the year and they, and they won that game. And and that really got everybody on the hype is like, Oh wow. Like they are really good. And when San Francisco's one hurdle was Philadelphia and they just embarrassed them, I think it opened up people's eyes is like, okay, this team is not just good. Like, they're historically good. And as I've said all year, they're angry. Like, Kyle calls angry play calls. Uh, If you look at Baltimore, you know, Baltimore had a good win on Sunday night, but I want to go to the game before that. I think the Rams had all the answers for the Baltimore defense. Showed the weakness. If not for the overtime period, Marlon Humphrey would have been the goat of that game. He got absolutely dusted a bunch of times, especially at the end of that game against the Rams. And when you have kind of shiftier uh, receivers on the outside that can play, I, I think that's going to be a cause for concern for him. I think the lack of an elite pass rusher for Baltimore is a problem. I think Kyle Hamilton is out of position a lot. I think he's more of a box safety. And as good as he did play, he made some plays against Jacksonville. I'm not sold on him being able to cover these kind of receivers like Debo and and Ayuk. Um, The Jags' defense, also, they held Lamar down in their rushing. They just kept him in the pocket. He had 97 yards rushing. One of those rushes was like a 45-yard run at the end of the game when the game was over. So I thought the Jags actually played him well. I also think this week is going to be a problem for Baltimore with everything surrounding this. It's Christmas night. They just went down to Jacksonville and played a game. Now they got to play a second straight road game on prime time traveling on Christmas with all those plans. Like this is a hard week for teams that have to travel long distances because you're dealing with family. You're dealing with all the the other outside stuff this week that you have to deal with on top of the game. So for the travel for Baltimore to go all the way out there and spend Christmas weekend there, I, I just I think that's going to be taxing on them, especially after traveling shorter week, quote unquote, this week, you know, than than San Francisco. I guess you would say we didn't have to travel that much to Arizona. Also, Matt, this this stat here applies to not just Baltimore but also to Dallas, unfortunately. Teams with at least a 70% win percentage in December or later, and are listed as dogs, 48-72 and three against the spread. That's 40%. Don't like that. And we mentioned Lamar being great as a as a dog. Okay, San Francisco, when Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey start, are 19 and two straight up. They are 15 and six against the spread. And Brock Purdy in his career at home playing at an MVP level is 10 and one straight up at home. He is eight and three at home against the spread. This is a bad matchup for Baltimore. I'm sorry. It is the Rams had the formula. They just didn't have the defense to do it. San Francisco does on top of the fact as well, that, uh, injuries Keaton Mitchell out. He was the fire starter for that Ravens running game. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, I have no idea if he's going to be able to play. He tried to go in against Jacksonville. He was out within 10 plays. Now they got to deal with Bosa and Young and all the other guys. Hargraves and, and Armstead, I know, are questionable, but there's a chance that they do play, too. So uh, I just think this is a bad matchup for Baltimore, and San Francisco is going to really show us. Knowing that they have Washington next week, real easy game. They got the Rams the last week of the game. Like, this is a real last test. So I, I'm going to take San Francisco minus five for all playing. sign, Kyle.
1: We both we're both playing a little Secret Santa there with our number one pick, trying not to mm-hmm. give it away. I mean, you know, we're just we, we pulled out that extra gift from the closet there. You know, I was pulling yeah. out some camaraderie. You're like, you know, here's a lump of coal, but you know, we're going ahead. But, well, you yeah.
0: you pulled out the team the mining that's mining coal. I pulled out the team is mining gold. So you know, fun, fun exercise. What do we
1: think the spread is next week San Francisco and Washington?
0: I was just going to say that. 17 18, 17 18 like like it's got to be. They're playing at Washington so they might get a small bump. 16 five, <laughs> 16 <laughs> like and there's a shot it goes to like 18 like you know I I don't know. I don't know how Washington is going to A score and B stop like they should score 55 points in this game next week. Right? Right, I was gonna say, and and if
1: if San wins and Dallas were to lose, would they lock up the one? I season? think they lock it week? up.
0: Yeah, so, because
1: they have the time you know, they, they they could easily you know, they could easily just rest some guys that might need some rest next week. And, you know, play starters in the first half and then
0: pull. Well, it I think, out, but so. Philly, I think Philly would have to lose, right? I think Philly has to lose too.
1: Yeah, oh, you're right, you're right, not Dallas, no.
0: yeah, Philly, yeah, both of them, yeah. Uh so yeah, no, I like I like the Niners, man. This team of destiny.
1: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough you got to you uh, gotta have at least one head-to-head.
0: You know, for Christmas. If this, this pushes on five, I mean – I'll die. This, Very much a number that shouldn't push. I'll die. I'll be like 28-23. I'll die. Like, I'll, <laughs> like, I'll be pissed. Uh, Leans. Uh, Leans, I had uh,
1: Tennessee. I wish I wish the Chargers dead cat bounce. Wish we could I get have Chargers. too. It opened at 14. I, I locked in at 13.5 on Sunday night. Uh, I think right after, right after the Buffalo game ended um with them going against buffalo uh in the carolina catching five
0: get at, out of here
1: at home against green bay it feels like too much they're just going to permanently be in my i'm not i'm not i know i know but like i know <laughs> i know <laughs> I, I couldn't do it again i couldn't get him in there but that and the, the
0: giants are also against. you are sick for carolina like you are you have some you just want to take the worst team ever and kudos to you for having the balls uh chargers yes I kind of like the Bears. At home against
1: yeah, the Cardinals. Everybody's everybody's picking the Cardinals this week, but like like I'm seeing a lot of a lot of professionals try and take the Cardinals saying it's too many points because the Bears length four does feel gross. But again, like yeah. the run defense is so good. And that's the only thing the Cardinals can really do to move the ball right now is run the ball. So I, I do kind of I'm staying away on that game for sure.
0: Yeah, and then uh gotta pick one in this game. And I'm taking Denver minus six and a half. We have so many injuries. Like, yeah. Julius have Pepp- nobody on offense. <laughs> Hunter Henry's out, uh, probably. Jabril Preppers. Hunter Henry's the only, uh, that's all I have to say. I mean, he's the only guy that does anything. Uh, Stevenson may not, may be out again. Uh, Christian Barmore is on the injury report, who's been the best player on the team. So, that's a major. Trent Brown just, just plays whenever he wants to. Matt Slater is out, like, which actually matters to the Patriots. That's how bad they are. You know, so, yeah, I, I got Denver uh, on the lanes as well. Almost got him in. Gross. Terrible. Gross. Terrible. Uh Let's go to the specials. Under the weather. This you might like because of your dog pick. Dallas at Miami. The number is 50. So it's very large. So I'm going to take the under the weather. Winds of 10 to 20 miles an hour. I am shocked that this is so high with the weather here. 10 mm. to 20 mile an hour winds, 15 sustained, 30% chance of rain, 76 degrees as well. And Dallas coming off of playing in Buffalo the last week. So like we've talked about, it's not super high where it's like going to be humid, but if it's raining, if it's windy, that also helps me. And I do get nervous because Dallas is the only team in the league that's kicker has not missed a kick this year. So that does concern me a bit, but we have a high number. Miami's defense is playing a lot better. And the sharp money seems to be on an underwhelming performance from both these offenses, especially on an all grass field like Miami. So I'll take Dallas and Miami under 50.
1: Yeah. I'd say that number is high. Cause again, the general public's going to look at just the two offenses in that game it, the, the two most explosive offenses, like them. And those two teams in Detroit are the most explosive offenses in football and 49ers. But, and they're just going to bet that n- number, no matter what it is. I guarantee I might go up. Oh. Come game time, because Which the, is public's great gonna be, the public's going to be hammering it.
0: I'm fading that all day long. Uh, Christmas is a magical time of year. So let's make it magical with the Moneyline Parlay.
1: This is, we just, we got to go classic here. It's not going to be big. It's not even going to get us back into into the black. But I said it earlier, we're going to take Tennessee here in this spot. One of our favorite guys, Vrabel, mm-hmm. to back as a dog. And we're taking Pittsburgh in the line Parlay. We're going to back them as a dog as well. Hammer it down, hammer it down for the boys. <laughs> uh, and so if you combine those two, uh, they get both shorter, shorter dogs here. Let's see. I, sorry, I got to pull it up again. Uh, Pittsburgh is plus 110. Tennessee is plus 114 as plus 350 on the money line. So mm. they get us right back and close making me have to hit one of the last two weeks to get us into the black if we can get this one. But again, it keeps, we're not hitting these big ones. I haven't been able to find any of these big dogs. So we're just going to take these, these, these short home dogs.
0: You know, some of these big dogs have been winning though. Like Tennessee. I know. I just, I just haven't been hitting the right ones. You know, uh, I, I think this is a crazy one, but you know, Chargers with the biggest dead cat bounce of all after firing their coach. Maybe you take a big swing. Not take, on I'm not that. taking the old big old slapper with the hockey stick. I don't know. You know that's a that's a big slap shot. If you like Washington, I'm surprised you didn't go uh, Minnesota on this one. I Hopefully just that. I don't know if I know
1: plus three again. I I, I think that that's another. I, it feels like it's another game that's going to land out a field goal potentially or or less than that. So mm-hmm. it, I do feel like Detroit has enough to maybe get the job done, but I I, I did think about going there.
0: And you don't like Baltimore to win outright.
1: Too risky. Too risky not having the injury reports to know.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Uh Lou did send me the bet the narrative, and it is San Francisco. Minus Mm. five.
1: Good. Good. He actually I I feel great having Baltimore.
0: Well, he mid flipped. So he initially sent me Baltimore and then he goes, Wait a minute, hold on. Uh I actually want to find the text of exactly what he said because it was actually kind of funny. Um, he mid flipped. He said, no, no, no. San Francisco is at home. Give me the Niners." So that was <laughs> <laughs> it. Look at it. it Look where they're playing the game first. and then, you know, figure yeah. it out. Yeah, that was pretty much it. So That was pretty funny. So San Francisco is the, uh, is the bet the narrative this week. Minus five. Give me the rundown, Matt. All right. We have Atlanta
1: Heineke oh. minus one going against Minshew. Uh, Dallas plus one and a half in the fraud bowl against Miami Baltimore going head to head with the boys on this show Baltimore plus five Minnesota can't quit them plus three uh, and Pittsburgh Tomlin spot plus two the magic money line parlay is Pittsburgh
0: and Tennessee mm, yummy uh, two guys you want to go to war with Rabel and Tom yes uh, the Grinch will be out to steal people's money at MetLife Stadium give me the Jets minus three <laughs> uh against washington uh guide my slate tonight rudolph mason pittsburgh plus two in a mind meld. we're taking feast of the seven fishes tommy devito plus 12 in philadelphia uh playing the hits with tennessee plus two and a half and for all blank sign my old friend kyle take the niners head-to-head minus five on monday night christmas time he's here again The under the weather is Dallas at Miami under 50, and the bet the narrative, mine them for gold, San Francisco minus five from the big man himself, Louis Paracone. Matt, what is the Christmas movie that you're watching this week? Have to watch it.
1: Uh, i just as I, said, I just started we just started knocking some out over the past couple days i had a couple of days off so I, I was watching some i love christmas vacation is still good just top. my favorite it really is it's so good i mean like i said you got the you got your home alones and you got and then my favorite throwback the best claymation which i haven't watched yet because it's always hard to find santa claus is coming to town yeah santa claus is coming to town again the, the snow miser throwback to a couple let's throw back to a grand time ago. That's back to a while ago on this show is that the, the snow miser when I was I had like, a, like a 42% season, it's just, our, just the worst I've ever been. Uh, but that's also my favorite.
0: I know you're a big fan of uh, the prospector, right? What's his name? Yukon Corn- Cornelius. Yukon Cornel- Cornelius. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> There's gold.
1: Silver yeah. and gold. <laughs> oh, there is?
0: There's gold miners oh, yeah. crap oh I should have done that man oh because I knew Yukon Cornelius was right up your alley too so it's the
1: silver gold. we had nobody nobody took the Raiders plus ten this week so oh much.
0: no oh I can't do that no way no not, not after them scoring sixty three points last week i'm I'm almost tempted to the take big the G- time fade yeah big time fade spot seriously oh my gosh uh home alone too is my is definitely my favorite the Grinch elf uh four christmases if you like rom coms, that's my one of my favorites mm. vince Vaughn, reese witherspoon yes that's movie. a good one really great. One. swaddle that baby woman uh four maddie ice maddie c matt silberth i am dan zampano we wish lewis a merry christmas uh and hope he feels better matt i wish you a merry christmas it should be a really fun one i'm hoping we'll get a chance to to link up a little bit maybe hit the sim and we'll see absolutely 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 it's been too long my friend for all blank signed to all of our friends next week is our last show 2023 how weird is that very very strange but until we meet again we'll see you next week for week 17 edition Sunday The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampana, co-hosted by Matt Silbreth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember, If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.